From Michael Tumlin Designs, this is Creatively Brief. Yeah, it's been a while, but I've been around. And I don't know his plans, but I know his hands been all over my life. Huh. Let's see the highlights. Come on, dated three years and she left. Got in a wreck that wrecked my passenger and that got me wrecked. I could never count my blessings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm your host, Michael Tumlin, and I'm happy to welcome designer Edward Sun to today's show. Hey, Edward, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, before we jump into anything wild about your work, and I think today's going to be a fun episode, you got a lot of really cool work. Can you just give us a little bit of background as to like who you are, where you are in your career and sort of just your work in general? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a designer based in Atlanta. Uh, I, uh, currently work full time at a creative agency in Buford, which is maybe like 30 minutes North of Atlanta. Um, and yeah, I'm just working there full time. I'm doing some passion projects on the side and some uh, small projects for some friends. And it's kind of what I do. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited to kind of dive into all the different uh, projects that you're working on outside of, uh, you know, your, your nine to five. But so how did you kind of find yourself working in design? What was sort of your journey? Was it something that had always kind of been in your mind or did it kind of come later in life? Yeah, definitely later in life. Uh, it was not at all even a field that I knew existed. Right. Um, so I in high school, I didn't really know. I think my whole life, my passion had been my music. Um, so I, I'm also a rapper. And I really uh, felt passionate about that for almost all of uh, my starting like high school. Right. Um, and that's what I really wanted to do. But then, you know, uh, it's hard to make money as a musician. Yeah. Yeah. So when I went to college, uh, when I went to UGA, University of Georgia, mm-hmm. I wanted to do MIS, which is just like management information systems. It's like being business analyst, a consultant, you know, that okay. kind of field. Yeah. Uh, then I started taking a course in that field and I realized I hated it. <laughs> so I decided I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I changed uh, to marketing and advertising because I thought I wanted to okay. do that in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what, <clears throat> and then what happened was after college, um, I was trying to work in the music industry, working part-time jobs, trying to build like a record label, trying to work, uh, manage some artists. And it was really tiring and I was running low on my savings and it was really difficult. And then I decided that, um, you know, I was doing a lot of different things to try and make money to pay the bills. Right. One of the things I picked up was design because in the advertising field, uh, in the advertising field, one track is to be a designer, uh, some designer that makes ads, things like that. Right. Um, and so I took a class there. Uh, I started doing it. A lot of people started telling me, you know, you're gifted, especially in design, uh, more so than the other things that you do, you know? Right. And then I started thinking about like, oh, yeah, you know, I would really love to work as a designer, but I just I don't have a degree. It's hard for me to get into the field. I don't know if I will ever be able to do it. Um, And then randomly a friend, a mutual friend of uh, me and the current uh, employer that I work for, uh, he told me that they had an opening and just to apply. And I applied and turns out 
uh, you know, they gave me an assignment and then I did it and then they hired me. Um, but I totally, uh, was unqualified for the job. Right. I didn't even see the job posting cause it was just referred to me by a friend. Um, so I am actually very lucky to have stumbled into this field and love it. So, yeah, I think yep. that's really interesting. Uh, you know, I've talked, there's a lot of people that have been on the show that come from that advertising side of things, you know, they'll go to college, get a degree mm-hmm. in that and kind of find their way into design similarly to that. Um, and it's funny how many of them talk yep. about how they're, you know, uh, unqualified or they don't meet all the requirements. And I think it speaks to like when you have a designer that just is like, they have an eye for it and they're talented. I think the qualifications go out the window because especially if you're like willing to work hard at it and like you can learn things quickly, Mm. I think that kind of trumps everything else. Um, but what I think is interesting about that is you have, so you mentioned that you like, you were into rapping and your music when you were in high school, um, and you were kind of starting out pursuing that. And so when I was like researching for this episode, I saw, I think you have it in your, yeah, in your Instagram bio, you say part-time rapper. So I, I check it out. Right. And I didn't know how serious this was. I didn't know if this was like, a like, a you know, people make rap sometimes that are like funny about like comic sayings and stuff, or if yeah. this was like legit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I check yeah. it out Right. and you're like, actually like, like doing it. Like for real, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, and from what I heard, like you sound good. Uh, so oh, that's thanks. like, is is that something that you know you would pursue more heavily if you had the opportunity? Like if something came up, was is that something you'd kind of go full time on? Uh, you know, I think if you asked me that like three years ago, I would have said absolutely. I would drop everything right. and do music if I could go on tour or if I could just get paid through my streams or whatever. Yeah then I would absolutely do that uh, full-time. But I think recently, the more that I've been in the design field, I think the more passionate I am about it. And I've, yeah. I think, got gotten to the point where my passion for design has actually surpassed my passion for music. Um, so it would actually be really difficult for me to choose to do that full-time because then I feel like I wouldn't be able to spend as much time on what I'm more passionate about, which is now design. Right. Um, so I think... I would really love to do music part-time and continue doing that. I also just think that the industry itself, uh, I'm not a fan of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just very, networking is always super late or in a loud place and you have to do these really weird hours and you gotta, you know, present yourself a certain way and uh, especially if you are the artist and not just a manager or something like that, it's just a lot. Right. Um, so I also preferred the stability and the balance of the design profession as well. So, yeah, that is definitely like a big pro to being designers. I feel like, especially if you're freelance, but, um, even in a lot of like, you know, nine to five setups, people tend to be flexible, uh, with that kind of stuff. It's not as mm-hmm. rigid as other things. Um, no, that's cool though. That's very cool. So you mentioned that you're kind of working this full-time job and that you work at a creative agency uh, and it's called Brain Trust Creative. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of the background of that, how you got involved with it and uh, and what y'all do over there? Yeah, so <clears throat> Brain Trust is, uh, so firstly, I think, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's really lucky for me that I got this job. Um, I mean, I was really like, I had just emptied all of my savings and then I got this job. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a, it was like a savior for me. And the big thing that big thing that my boss had told me when he hired me is, you know, we're not hiring you because you have degrees mm-hmm. or a ton of experience. We're hiring you because you have a lot of work ethic and you, uh, 
you know, you're, you're responsible, reliable, and you want to grow, you know? Um, and so I think that's really where I started. Um, and I really like the company because, um, so brain trust, we focus on events. Um, so that could vary from like live streams, Mm -hmm. especially currently, um, to like conferences or we even produce, we help produce the NFL draft. Oh, wow. Things like that. That's cool. Um, I think, yeah, so they, uh, we actually do a whole suite of services uh-huh. all surrounding events. So graphic design is one of them, and I'm the, I'm the graphic designer at the company. And then we have event production, of course, and motion graphics, um, and event, uh, we have installations and videography. And then I think there's one more, but it's, you know, we, we basically do everything for an event from start to finish. So right. before the event, we'll do like promotional videos and production. And during the event, we'll actually produce it. And then we'll, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cue all of the media and everything. Maybe we'll document a session. Uh, and then afterwards, it'll be like a recap video or, you know, programs or marketing materials, stuff like that. Um, so it's really an event uh, company that creates content and produces um, which I think is also really unique because you'll get a lot of pr- event production people who aren't designers. Right. And then you'll get a lot of designers who don't really know how events are produced. Right. Um, but I feel like at our company, we have a good balance of both. Um, so we're able to produce some really good looking and good functioning events. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never heard of a like creative agency that kind of like specializes in that. But I feel like that would be such a fun thing to be doing, especially now. Um, have you seen like a, a pickup in business at all, given that everybody's having to kind of shift things virtually? Yeah, well, I think that uh, so the difficult, I guess we kind of replaced uh, events uh, that we had. I don't think we've uh, seen a huge growth because a lot of companies that are doing live streams now don't want to invest a ton of money into them right uh, but i but i do think that a lot of the companies that did do a lot of uh big conferences especially internal conferences things like that they are trying to convert to virtual and we've been able to successfully help a lot of clients with that yeah um so i think that's i think that's just a way that we've had to pivot yeah um but i definitely i definitely think like one thing that my boss did during this quarantine time is um i don't know if you're familiar with pro presenter but uh, it's no. like the software that churches use to uh run their services okay um and so my my boss made like a whole walkthrough on how to live stream um on using pro presenter 7 and that's like our youtube thing right now is we've helped a lot of people with that um so i definitely think there's a lot of opportunity now especially for us um when people are trying to scramble to figure out how can we keep doing events during such a weird time. Right. So, yeah, no, that's really cool. So then what is the, the process kind of look like for that? So like you mentioned, you have like some designers and videographers, and then you have sort of people more on the like event management side of things. So what, whenever you guys have an event that you're kind of working on, if you're doing sort of the whole package, what does the workflow look like? Yeah. Uh, well, so the funny thing is this, you know, I'm talking about this, like it's a huge agency, but there's only four people at this agency. Right. Right. (laughs) So I am, I am the graphic designer. Uh Like there is no other graphic designer at the company. (laughs) Uh, and then my boss slash the owner slash founder, he, uh, is, he, he runs the event production. He also is really great at motion graphics and installations. 
and then we have a VP of video and motion, and then we have a project manager um, who handles all the logistics and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the projects really vary from client to client. I think we'll just start, some of them will start with design and then go into an event. Some of them will start with an event and then go and need designs for the event. Right. Uh, some of them will, uh, some of them will just ha- want a video and then, you know, that turns into like a conference opener and then that turns into a, let's build out looks for the whole event and let's produce the event, you know? Right. Um, so it really just, it really just depends on, on the client. Um, but because everything that we work on is for an event, it's really easy for us to introduce our other services as well. Right. Uh, because they're also all surrounding events. So when you get focused like that, it's really, uh, beneficial, I think for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Uh, so transitioning a little bit back into your own work, uh, one thing that I notice about your work is that you have like a lot of different styles and, and I think you do them all really, really well. Uh, but how do you, how did you sort of develop that? And I say that like, it kind of doesn't make sense since there's so many different styles, but what were mm-hmm. like, I guess the, the influences in your work since you have so many, such a diverse catalog of work? Yeah. So I am a firm believer that, uh, in order to create great art, you must consume great art, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm also a firm believer that uh, there is no such thing as original work. Um, originality is just undetected plagiarism. Right. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think the more influences that you pull from, the harder it is to detect where your inspiration came from. Right. Um, and so kind of for me, uh, the focus of my Instagram and a lot of my personal work is I want to learn how these people that I admire who have a really distinct, a single distinct style, how they created that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I just use my my posts as kind of a way for me to play with that and then learn. Um, and then I just explore as much as I can. I think the thing that I like about client work and working for agencies is that uh, I don't have one style, you know, the style varies depending on the client. Right. Um, and that's also why I'm especially interested in brand identity design, because the way for you to do all kinds of styles and all kinds of work is for you to do brand identity because different clients want a completely different uh, look, you know? Right, right. Um, and so I, I think for me, I guess, I don't know if it's because I've only been in the field for maybe three years. Yeah. And so I don't have a distinct style, but... Um, I definitely want to be as versatile as I possibly can be. The thing I, I think is closest to a personal style would be uh, this uh, this personal project that I'm launching this week. Yeah, it's called Versus Christians Ignore. Uh, I think that whole uh, that whole series is going to have one distinct style, and it is something that I really like personally. That I don't think I would ever be able to use on a client project. Right. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just like a I just mess around and then post whatever <laughs> comes out of that. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because you talk about, you know, you've only been in for a few years and all that, but like when you kind of scroll through your feed, you see a lot of different explorations and a lot of different styles. Um, and that's something that like I myself, like I, I haven't done that nearly as much. I definitely have like my style that I kind of found and I stick to that. Um, and every now and then I'll kind of try to play with, you know, branching out a little bit. Um, but it, it can be, I think because I've already sort of like set myself that way, it can be intimidating with social media to like switch it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also For think sure. you you talking about uh, 
like originality and, and how it doesn't really exist anymore. I think that's interesting because that's something that I always have a hard time with. My style is very mm. minimal. Um, and so like, there's only so much you can do with shapes that like haven't been done before. Um, and right. there's, it's not a lot. So I think that's, that's an interesting, uh, conversation, especially with like the digital age. One thing I've noticed a lot lately, uh, is how many songs are being sampled from old songs and I'll like mm-hmm. play it and then find the original. And I'm like, that feels like really cheap to me. But then like you're saying, like, it's kind of the same thing. Like there's just only so much you can do. Um, so I think that's like an interesting little rabbit hole you can go down it's like a whole bigger conversation Mm -hmm. i mean i i definitely think so i mean i believe that the only one who can make something out of nothing is god right and as a as a person like all that we can do is take what already exists and create something that is new from what already exists so it's kind of quote unquote new but it's not like a hundred percent new right and so i i think as designers that's totally what we should do and we shouldn't uh i mean any artist not just designers i think musicians as well like we should not be afraid to use things that other people have already made to create even more things right um just like uh, and and i think the issue with sampling is also kind of weird because you know people will you know when you when you make a drum kit and you press the snare on a beat pad right that is a sample you know, but right. people don't get upset about people using a snare that's pre-recorded. They didn't go into the studio with a snare drum and then record it. And then right, use that, right. You know, uh, so I, I think it's totally acceptable to use building blocks. Just don't, you know, uh, completely rip off somebody and pretend you didn't. You right, know? right. Yeah, hundred percent. That's where the, the problem comes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So you kind of started to touch on it. Uh, you've got this new project. Uh, versus Christians Ignore. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, where the inspiration for that came from, uh, what exactly it's going to look like? I think you said you're launching it next week. Is that right? Yes. Well, I'm launching it all of this week. All of this week. Okay. The next week is when the actual thing begins. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so basically, this whole week is a bunch of announcements. So basically, versus Christians Ignore, it's a series of design posters with a strong message for the American church. So where it came from is, I think, uh, beginning of this year, before everything went super crazy, right? Uh, I I had a, like a spiritual awakening, uh, if you will. Yeah. It was basically, um, I was you know reading a lot of scripture and I was listening to a lot of Francis Chan, mm-hmm. and uh, he, uh, you know, basically he was pointing out the differences between. Uh, the Bible and church culture in America. Right. Uh, and some of the things he was pointing out were so huge and so vastly different that it, that it really made me question like, is, is this idea of American Christianity that I understand that I'm comfortable with even biblical, you know? Right. Uh, because you know, the, in, in the Bible, the, uh, a common, uh, adversary of Jesus was the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time. And they really thought they, they understood. They really thought they understood God and faith. And then Jesus comes and he's like, y'all don't understand this at all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and I think, you know, for, for me, I just felt like I felt like I knew what Christianity was about and what faith was about. Um, but then the more I, I read scripture, like for example, uh, sell your possessions and give to the poor. That's what Jesus says. Right. He says that not just to a specific person, but to everyone who wants to follow him. Yeah. And 
I had never even done that. I had never thought about selling my stuff and giving to the poor. Right. You know, it's not like a common practice in rich countries. Right. You know? Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, this is that that's just one example. But the more, uh, you know, I was reading, the more I realized there are such huge uh, things that seemed so important to Jesus that we kind of brush under the rug now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of make posters that highlight those verses and, um, kind of, I I was thinking like, you know, all of these followers that I have, they're all Christian. It seems like, because I make faith-based graphics, Mm -hmm. um, what can I say to them that would be meaningful and, uh, and also kind of express the inner struggle that I've been having, you know? Right. Um, and so I came up with this, all of, you know, I listed all these verses and designed all these posters for them. And now I'm going to unleash them onto the world. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. I remember uh, this kind of speak. So I was in church a while ago um, in church, I guess, watching church because, you know, we're at home. But yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I was watching church and they were talking about how everybody's got like, a circle of influence, right? And I was thinking about, they were talking about how whenever you have that, you're called to then, you know, speak up for what matters like you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, I sat there and said to myself, I don't know, like, I don't know what that looks like for me. I don't know where my sphere of influence is. And I realized I have these platforms that I think like, unlike yours, they're not Christian, like people necessarily, like it's not targeted at those kind of people. Um, Mm -hmm. those kind of people, that sounds so bad. (laughs) It's not targeted (laughs) at Christians. Um, but, I was, I was singing to myself. And so one of the big things I'm about to do as well, um, is I'm going to start trying to find either design more of my personal work around faith-based things, sort of like you, but trying to keep to my style or, Mm. um, adding Bible verses to, uh, my things because I, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know who out there needs to hear it, but that's not for me to decide. Like we're called as Christians just to put it out there. Mm. And and God's going to take care of the rest. So I think that project, uh, you know, versus Christians and where that's going to be really, really big. And I think this has been a big time in the church in general to kind of reassess, you know, where we're at, where we're kind of missing things. Uh, so I, I think it's, although it's it's not like a fun, you know, last however many months we've been in this, I think it's been productive. Um, it seems like there's been some good change happening. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's good. Yeah. So... With all the stuff that you kind of have right now, you've got your personal work that you're posting on Instagram, you're working at Brain, Brain Trust Creative, uh, you're rapping, you've got Versus Christians Ignore. What are sort of, like, what would be kind of the overarching goal? Where do you see yourself kind of pushing towards in the next, like, 10, 15 years? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I really, so I, I don't see myself making a lot of music anymore. Yeah. Um. I think I'm going to make some music specifically for when people invite me to perform so that I can perform something. Um, but beyond that, I don't have any intention to, you know, grow that platform. Um, okay. I just, I just want to do it for fun, you know, right, uh, and right. in my spare time. But in terms of design, um, I really am interested in building my personal brand. Okay. Uh, I, I really want to uh, grow my platform and use that to feed into brain trust. Um, so I want people to recognize me as a designer and follow me and, Mm -hmm. uh, listen to the things I have to say through my designs. Uh, and then if any work comes through that exposure, I want to bring it into brain trust. Um, and then, you know, kind of balance my own personal creative freedom in my, you know, outside of work time and then bring in, 
uh, projects to my full-time work time where I can, you know, have that balance of, you know, uh, trying to meet the needs of a client because I think that's a really good creative challenge. Um, and also the place where I can express myself freely. Um, so that's, that's kind of as far as I've thought. Yeah. Um, I'm not completely sure. I I want like the reason why I started this passion project is because, uh, I wanted to focus the messaging and I want people to, uh, hear certain things and, and I want to express myself. Um, and I also know that passion projects, shout out to, there's this letterer called Lauren Hom who oh, yeah. is really passionate about uh, passion projects. And I've been really inspired by her to um, use passion projects as a means to expand that personal brand. Yeah. Um, and I think that just sets me up uh, as a designer in, in a much better way. And I'm also looking to increase the margin in my life so I can be more generous yeah. Um, so I think that's just, th- those are just a couple of the things that I think have pushed me in this direction. But of course, next week, all of this could change. So I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Right. I know with things yeah. being so uncertain lately, it's been a, a weird yeah. little bit here. <laughs> yeah. With that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how Edward's faith has influenced his work in his Easter campaign. Life gets harder and harder. Life gets harder. And the lights get darker and darker. Lights get darker. I Are you a designer, videographer, or creative of any type? Then you need to be on Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with video courses created by professionals in their respective fields, giving you insights into how to take your skills to the next level. Whether you're learning a new hobby or pursuing a career, Skillshare has a class for you. With classes from creatives like Aaron Draplin and Roxanne Gay, there's no limit to how much you can learn from Skillshare. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Sign up today with the link in the podcast notes to get a free trial of Skillshare Premium Membership and take your creativity to the next level. Welcome back, everyone. So, Edward, I wanted to kind of dive into how your faith has influenced your design work. So we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, but your designs are often sort of designed around your faith uh, and they kind of have these messages from your faith. So how has that sort of influenced your design work? Was that something that you kind of had from the beginning of your design journey? Um, And and how do you feel it's kind of like affected the way you you go about creating your work? Yeah, um, I think there's... I think for me, there's a really deep theology behind uh, design. Okay, so um, it starts with uh, that the Garden of Eden. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, when God created Adam and Eve, uh, it says God put the man in the garden to work it and keep it. Um, now, when you work and keep a garden, what you're doing is you're plowing or you're planting or you're watering and you're pruning, things like that. Uh, basically, you're just rearranging the existing creation mm-hmm. um, so that it can grow into something new, uh, into something better, right? Um, we can't create something completely new like we were saying earlier, but we right. can rearrange creation so that it can flourish, right? And I believe that's exactly what we're doing with design. Um, we're taking colors and uh, shapes and uh, all these different types of visual elements and rearranging them in a way to where they have a new meaning, a new purpose, mm-hmm. and a new use that they wouldn't have had uh, otherwise if they were all on their own. If you just had a circle by itself versus if you had a circle in a design, right? Right. Um, and so because, because of that, I think I see it as kind of us 
as all, all designers kind of fulfilling the mandate of God to Adam in the garden. Um, and same with music, same with any, most professions really. Right. Um, and so because of that, I, I don't think design is inherently secular, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like to separate uh, work from their faith. And I don't think design is inherently secular. I think it's inherently spiritual. Um, I think it is intertwined with our purpose on earth. Um, and so because of that, I, can, I can't really separate my faith from my work. But um, also, I, you know, when I post things and, and when I create things for, for myself, um, I, I'm really careful not to, not to feed my ego, mm-hmm. right? So if I, if I were to post things, you know, about whatever I want and myself and just things that I enjoy, uh, I think it's fun and I think that's good. But I think that for me personally, I crave people's attention a lot mm-hmm. and people's approval. And so if I were to create something that would just attract more attention to myself uh, and not have like any spiritual or transcendental benefit mm-hmm. to the people that are, that's viewing it, I just feel like it would really turn me into somebody who's just self, self-absorbed and all only consumed with getting myself to look great and getting people to like me. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's always been kind of a, a safeguard for me to um, draw attention to something that's outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I really wanted. And that's, that's also why I like design in general, because as opposed to music, the designer doesn't become a star as much as the work does. Right. Um, but with music, people kind of uh, associate your work with your identity. Um, and of course, I'm not saying designers don't do that, but um, yeah, that's kind of just what I've been wary of and why I approach my personal work that way. That's really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I've i read, you know, Genesis and all that. I, I don't think I've actually ever read all the way through. I should get on that. But I know like the creation story, right? And mm-hmm. um I've never connected it that way. And it's so mm-hmm. funny to see how, like how interconnected, uh, you know, your faith can be to so many different things. There's things like that. Um, I think, you know, science, a lot of those things you look at it and say, like, if, if one thing was even slightly off, you know, the whole world would implode. And then you look at that mm-hmm. and say, how, how can that not be like God moving through it? So I think that's interesting that you kind of found that connection between them. Um, and then also talking about, you know, making sure that it's not about you and that you kind of knowing that you have a tendency to seek others approvals that you're kind of pursuing design away from that. Um, mm-hmm goes back sort of to the like, you know, not, not feeding the flesh, but, you know, feeding the spirit. And the more you focus yeah. on that, the more you're going to get, uh, like closer to God. Um, so I think all of those are like, really, there's so much to like unpack. That was like a, a little mm-hmm. sermon for designers and creatives. <laughs> no, yes, that's really, really absolutely. cool. Though. I could talk about that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we kind of touched on this earlier, uh, talking about the different styles of work you have. Um, and you kind of talked about your main style, but do you have one that sort of is your most favorite to, to design in? Is there a certain one that you find the most enjoyment out of? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to choose. Um, I will say the versus Christians ignore style is very, I am very fond of that style (laughs) and I I really enjoy making stuff like that. And I'm pretty satisfied whenever I, I do create things like that. Um, I think in my personal work, I gravitate towards really, uh, grungy, and mm-hmm. uh, worn and kind of vintage, maybe like just really imperfect uh, aesthetics 
that are kind of all over the place because mm-hmm. in my in my you know client work that I do at Brain Trust, almost all of it it has to be very well put together and polished because it's for a lot of corporate clients. Right. Um, but I also you know when I create, I, I feel like when I create in any style, as long as it looks good, I am very satisfied. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I didn't have my full time job where I had all those clients and I had to work you know polished look all the time. Um, I think I would still want to do that. So it's difficult to say. Yeah. Uh, may- maybe it'll take more time for me to discover. But I think uh, you know the versus Christians ignore that style is really really cool. I think it's cool you animated too the the first post you put out mm. um, with the different yep. colors. Uh, do you want to kind of walk us through the process of that though? How you kind of landed on this style for this project? Yeah. So basically, so I've been really inspired by this guy named uh, Mishko. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a pretty well-known designer on Instagram and his stuff, his stuff looks, uh, he, he, he does a lot of warping of, of type and, uh, a lot of interesting colors and things like that. And I was really inspired by him, but I didn't want to, you know, completely knock, knock off his work. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and also I felt like, uh, you know, I, in my explorations, uh, in my daily Instagram posts, um, I kind of stumbled upon this look that got, got really good response from people. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, because of that, I kept, I kept hearing people really like that, that style. And, um, I thought, okay, I want to explore this more because I really enjoyed it. So, um, so yeah, I just played around more with the different tools that I had in Photoshop. And then I landed on this look that I really, I'm really happy with, but you'll, you'll see if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram feed, you'll see some posts that look kind of similar. That's when I was first exploring this style. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of just, I kind of just liked how it turned out. So I've just been sticking with that. Yeah. It's really, really cool for anybody listening. Uh, all of his links and everything are going to be down below. You should like, as we're listening to this, which I guess now we're, we're done talking about that, but, uh, go back and look at it and kind of take a look to, so that you can see what we're talking about. Mm. Um, it's really, really awesome. Honestly, like I don't, I don't see a single piece I don't like. And I, and like I said, like having the diversity in the work, uh, it's just crazy to me. Cause I feel like it takes such a, a large skill set to be able to actually like make all these different styles because they're all so different from one another. Um, so it's really, really cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think a huge reason why I can do that is because I spend all day in the programs because I, I work full time at an agency. Right. I think some, I think, uh, that was the huge, hugest thing <laughs> that made me, uh, improve a lot as a designer is just spending all day, every day in the, the programs. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and kind of to that end, when you're looking at like creating a new piece, how do you decide what style you're going to design it in? Cause like you, you've got all these different ways that you could design it. Um, and I guess that does kind of go for anyone, but especially since, you know, you are already creating things in so many different styles. Mm-hmm. How, how do you kind of decide which one you're going to go on? Is it based on like something that you see and you kind of say, I like that style like right now. And I think it's interesting. Or, um, is it more something that's uh, a little bit more pre-planned? Yeah. So, there's uh, two approaches. So basically, so sometimes uh, what happens is I, so every morning I read the Bible mm-hmm. and I will write down verses that uh, I feel like could be designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the content of those verses gives me an image in my mind and then I just go for that. Right. Uh, sometimes 
like there, there was a post recently, there was a verse that says like, lead me to the tower that is higher than I. And mm-hmm. I just imagined a tower going through the clouds. And then so I made a graphic that looked like that, you know? Right. Um, but other times um, I will actually make a list when I'm, so I have an Instagram just for design and I only follow designers that inspire me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'll do is I'll save designs that I, fe- I think are really, really cool and I want to explore. And then I'll also keep a, a list uh, of all of the design styles and uh, tools that I, I stumble across on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, sometimes I'll look at a verse and then I'll look at that list. The list of basically it's a list of styles and it's a list of verses. Right. And then I think, what are some ways that I can marry the two? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, for example, there was a recent post I did where there was a lamb mm-hmm. and the, I'd made like a pixel stretch where the, the land, the lamb's face is kind of falling off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the, the, the way that that came about was I read that verse recently where Jesus says, um, beware, right, of wolves in sheep clothing. Mm-hmm. And then I also looked at the list and I saw I wanted to do the pixel sorter glitch effect in one of my designs. I want to learn how to do that. And I just thought, well, this could work. And then I and then I tried to marry them together and it worked. So yeah. um, it's it's really experimental, as yeah. if you cannot tell already. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just exploring a ton. I think that's cool though. Like having having that approach to it with the uh like just playing with everything individually. Like it, it I feel like it brings such a like, I guess, individuality to the work. Mm. Like, because you, you don't marry yourself to just one style. Uh, there's, it's almost like on the one, like, I you have an overarching sort of uh, aesthetic or vibe to your work, right? Mm. But then whenever you post, it's almost like you don't quite know what you're going to get. And I think that's kind of like exciting and fun because yeah. a lot of people do kind of get into their one style. Uh, so having that and being able to see kind of like, well, let's let's see what it is this time is almost like a little surprise whenever it happens, you know? So I think it's really cool. Well, thanks. I agree. It's really fun. Yeah. And so on your website, you have this one project and I was hoping we could kind of go through it. Uh, it's the Easter campaign. And so when I was looking through the pieces you have on your website, I thought this one was really interesting because it kind of like, how do you say it? What is the word I'm looking for? It's like interchangeable maybe is the word that I'm looking for. You have the graphics that, um, are highlighting the different things like mm. that, that main GIF animation of it. Uh, you know, and so I thought that was an interesting sort of way to approach it. Cause I know like at my church, the graphics tend to be sort of like, you know, it's the one thing. And so having this as it's kind of progressing through the Holy week, I think is like really interesting. So I was hoping you could take us through a little bit of your thought process behind that. Yeah. So, uh, this campaign is for perimeter church, which is a mega church in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, every year they approach brain trusts to do a huge Easter campaign and a huge Christmas campaign. Um, so Easter for this year, I think this was from two years ago. Um, but basically they wanted a way to tell the story visually, Mm -hmm. um, of, of, uh, the gospel, right? So Jesus arriving Jesus uh, dying and Jesus coming back to life, right? Right. Those are the core elements of it. And they wanted a way to do that that would evoke Easter immediately to somebody who doesn't even go to church, right? Right. Uh, And so that's a challenge because we're trying to tell, it's not a super simple story, but it's, I mean, it's not too complex, but it's not like super simple. Right, right. Um, You want to tell a really important story and you want to do it in a way where you're not using words 
for somebody who's not familiar with the story, right? Right. Um, and so because of that, we thought, you know, one one solution to that that could work really well is using floral or botanical elements, right? Because people do associate flowers with Easter, right? Even if you're even if you don't go to church, you think of that. Um, and so we kind of thought maybe we can do that, and then maybe the different days they had services on Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. Um, maybe for the different services, we can emphasize use the plants to show the process of life to death to life again, right? Right. Um, and so that seemed to translate really well, and so we uh, we dedicated like a graphic to. Palm Sunday, where, you know, it has blossoming flowers, but not as much as would be on Easter, because Easter is a bigger celebration, right? And then you got the Thursday where there's more, you know, uh, there's grapes and there's uh, more gold and warm and wheat texture because it's, you know, bread and wine. Right, right. Um, and then we went into Good Friday where there's more shriveled things. There's the the wood and there's the twigs and um, older dying flowers, things like that. Um, to sim- symbolize death and then uh, it flowing into Easter where there's just an explosion of uh, bouquets and flowers, you know, colorful flowers. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the, uh, that was kind of the idea behind it, kind of showing the narrative um, and then using the, the imagery to portray that in a, in a way that's really easy to get and understand. Yeah. Also because for many years uh, perimeter has actually stayed away from flowers because it's been super, I guess that's the standard. That's like the default, right, for for Easter campaigns. Right, right. Um, but it's been a long time since they even explored that and let let us go into that realm. And so that was also refreshing, I think, for for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, we we built it out into tons of print pieces, like literally hundreds. I'm designing hundreds of print pieces using this look. Yeah. Uh, and. I also we also built it out into installations that you can see in their lobby. There's like a greenery wall with live. They were actually live flowers and plants. That's crazy. Um, and then there's like a huge there were two huge. It was like 20, 30 feet stickers, like vinyl decals on the wall that we applied as well. Wow. And then hung these modular LED screens in front of with animated content telling the story. So that would also change depending on the day of the week. So if you walk in on Palm Sunday, you'll see, you know, all the people threw their garments down on the road as Jesus walked into Jerusalem, you know, because that was the story of Palm Sunday. And then it would change depending on the on the day. Um, so, yeah. And then we also built a stage for um, for the actual service. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a these these campaigns are huge. They're no joke. <laughs> um, but at the end, they're super rewarding. Yeah, I know. I was going to say because you see all these things like the, like you're talking about the installation and all that, like this goes deep. There's a lot that's involved in this. Um, what was sort of like the lead time on this? How much time did you guys have to work on all this? Yeah. So, um, so, you know, for Christmas, it's actually, we get a a good amount of time. We start in maybe like six months in advance, maybe Uh July we'll have an initial meeting. Right. Right. But we don't focus on Easter until Christmas is over and Easter is less than six months from Christmas. Right. Right. So we really start in January, um, for an Easter that is usually in April. Right. So, um, we will have like an initial conversation and they'll tell us, you know, their goals and kind of the messaging and the angle they want to take. Um, and then we, we start thinking of solutions, ways that we can do that mood boarding and then, 
uh, and then we move on into concept graphic design, which is when you know I made the the Palm Sunday and the Easter Sunday ones to kind of show the concept. And right. Once right. they approve that, then then we just start running and then make everything. They got tons of signs and and flyers and and other you know crazy things that got a design for. So yeah. So with that installation, the with like the the actual live greenery wall and everything, um, is that like do y'all actually install that? Yeah. So we uh, we contracted somebody to build the actual panels, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 then we actually transported them to the church. We painted them, and then we uh, actually applied. We we worked with the staff of the church. There's somebody at the church who sourced all of the flowers for us. Okay. Um, and we told them, you know, this is, uh, this is the type of look that we want to go for. We kind of laid it out and then we cut out those letters and then we hung them with fishing wire from the top of the, uh, the top of the panels. Um, and then, you know, we also had to take like the stick cause they're live flowers and, right. and the flowers had to last from Saturday to Sunday. Cause mm-hmm. you don't want to install Sunday morning. You want to install Saturday. Right. Um, and so we had to get like these tubes that had water in them and then you cut the stem of the flower, you put the, you put it into the tubes and then you stick them into the wall. Right. It was this whole thing. And then we used a ton of staple guns and everything. So that's crazy. <laughs> uh, but we still have those panels. We actually repurposed them too. But Yeah. That's really, really cool. That's such an interesting project to work on, which like I said earlier, I think is like, it's a cool thing for uh, brain trust creative to be specializing in the, you know, creating these events and doing so much of it, the design behind it, as well as the actual event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Again, y'all should check this out. I'll have a link to this down below so that you guys can look at it and kind of follow along. Uh, that's wild. That's really cool. Yeah, it is insane. So Looking at sort of everything that you've been through in your design career, and I know you said you've been in for three years, so um, you know you're not as like you're still somewhat new to the field. Um, what advice would you give someone? I think you know, for me, I'm the same way. I'm still new to it, and I'm kind of trying to figure all of this out. But but what what advice would you give someone that's interested in starting a creative uh, career or or just someone who's looking to pursue design or something like that? Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot, uh, but I think, I think the biggest things for me that I wish I started earlier yeah. is just create something every day, uh, create something new every day, do something new creatively every single day. Uh, I, th- I don't think it's enough to just create something that you're comfortable with creating right. every day. Um, I think you need to be creatively stretched. And I think if you put yourself in that position, whether it be I need to post something new on Instagram or I need to do, there's a ton of prompts. There's like a generator where it'll, it'll give you a creative brief as if you're working for a real client. It's, it's all pretend, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe doing that every day or making a video or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, I think consistently creating something that you have to publish with the world is huge because a lot of creatives, I think, start things and don't finish them. Yeah. But if you know that you have to put it out, then you will finish it and not touch it again. Um, so it stops you from like being paralyzed or not pushing through the creative difficulty to to get to the final final result. I just think that I, th- I just think that's the biggest thing for me that has seen a lot of benefit. Um, just consistently trying new things and learning new things. And it's hard work and it takes a lot of time and it's going to be maybe years before you actually 
improve a ton because yeah. of it. But I think it's inevitable if you do do that, that you'll grow. Right. Um, and I think that's huge. If you're just getting into the field, you need to focus on your craft. You need to focus on getting good. It doesn't matter how much exposure you have or how much opportunity you have if you are still not good at design. Right, right. Um, so so I think that's the, the biggest thing. And a lot of people get, you know, a lot of beginners have imposter syndrome where they feel like they're not qualified to be in the field. They shouldn't be charging much for their work. I, I really think the most effective way to combat that is to become better. And the most effective way to become better is to be consistently doing new things um, and challenging yourself. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that's some good advice. That's very good advice. I agree. I think a lot of times people get caught up and like you said, sort of like gaining the the followers or this or that, mm-hmm. um, but they haven't quite honed the craft yet. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the people that are successful in design, they hone the craft first and everything else kind of follows. Yeah. Um, I think people can recognize when somebody's skilled in what they're doing uh, and, and they want to follow along with that. So I think it'll make everything easier if you focus on that first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up today's show. Uh, but where can everyone find your work, Edward? Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Edward Creates or edwardcreates.com. You can see all the case studies, including the Easter campaign that we just talked about. Yep. And you can also follow me at Captivated Music, Captivated with a K, music. Awesome. Where I release my music whenever I decide to do that. And I'll have all of that linked down below as well, um, as well as anything else that we talked about. Uh, we mentioned a couple different resources and stuff. All that'll be in the podcast notes. So if you guys want to check that out, make sure to hit that up uh, and it'll all be down there. Uh, well, thank you again, Edward, for joining me today, sitting down and talking to me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I just appreciate you being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Creatively Brief. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and follow us on social media at Creatively Brief. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Tell me, can you skip autumn when it's coming? No, no, sir. Why do you think you're safe from suffering? If you run it, I've been there before trying to escape, learning to be thrown against the rock of ages. Teaching me not to leave the grief, got to be on these knees and pause. Something's got to give spring, summer, autumn, winter, never rush the process ever. Let it run its course and stay in the season you win because you meant to be in it. For when life gets harder.